Let's keep up the culture. I'm Lexi and I'm your host and here on this podcast we will talk about youth subcultures. To start off in the first episode, I have here with me, Mira. Hello. How are you, Mira? I'm good, thank you. What are we talking about today then? So today, for the first episode, I thought we would talk about K-pop. I think that's a good idea. I think K-pop's an interesting one because it's only recently that we've seen... Like, a rise of it. it. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think, like, it's definitely becoming more popular in the West, as to opposed of recent years. Yeah. But I always remember, like, when we were younger, we would always... There would be, like, one person in your year that knew about K-pop and everyone else just didn't have a clue about it. Yeah, that's true. And interestingly, I feel like that person was always, like, termed or coined, like, the odd one out, the kind of shy, peculiar kid, like... And they were always very invested into it. I find that, like, with people that are in K-pop, like, it's quite consuming. Like, they're very invested. It's, like, a real-life hobby. I think that comes from, like, all of the things that are attached to K-pop. It's not just music for the fans. It's more... It's more a culture. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I think, well, I recently have become a K-pop fan. My friend got me into it. But before then, I really hadn't heard anything about it. But I think also, like, with the upcoming rise of, like, BTS, we're seeing it a lot more in Western media, which I also think helps. Like, recently, we've just seen BTS attend the Grammys and we've just seen Jungkook, um, a member of BTS, perform at the Qatar World Cup. I think this is really interesting because in previous years, we've only ever seen, like, Western-based artists at the World Cup. You know, Shakira, Pitbull, Beyonce. It's the first time that, really, they've ever capitalised on, like, East Asian... Well, any culture outside of the West, really. Well, what you're describing is the Korean wave, and we've seen lots of interest in this. There's even an exhibition at the V&A. Oh, really? It's called Hallyu, the Korean wave. Oh, right. What's in it? Like, Well, it's just got loads of, like, screens with, like, K-pop music videos playing. There's traditional Korean clothes, mm. but then also, like, contemporary versions of the traditional clothes, yeah. which is quite interesting to see. Mm. I want to go there. That sounds actually quite fun. Yeah, it is quite interesting. It's all very bright as well, so it's quite inviting and, like... It's just a nice experience. To be fair, it's quite interesting that, like, the V&A is, like, a very big, like, contemporary yeah. art gallery museum, like, and in London. There's loads of big exhibitions there, so it was interesting to see. It was a shocking arrival. Yeah, because I wouldn't expect, like, if I was to go to the V&A, I wouldn't really expect to find K-pop there. <laughs> but there's more to K-pop than just the music. I'd say it actually includes K-dramas, mm. K-movies, a big one, Parasite. And the Oscar goes to Parasite. Do you watch any K-dramas? Yeah, I would say I do. I would say most of my Netflix watch list mainly consists of K-dramas. I think that they do it so much they better it than America. They do. 
the TV shows, I think they just give, it just has so much more substance to it. They do, like, the way they develop their plot lines and characters and stories, I just think is so much better than America. Yeah, and I think one that, one that most of the listeners would actually recognise is Squid Games. Yeah. And that one was definitely a big one. Oh, like, yeah. Everyone was watching that. Even everyone. my dad knew about it. Yeah. And I think it was weird because before that, people, well, at least the people that I interact with and talk to, are quite anti-watching shows that aren't English. Oh, yeah. If Before, like, Squid Game, every time I told someone that I was watching a K-drama, they were like, what in korean like with subtitles and i was like yeah and they were like oh no i don't want to do that like you don't you literally don't understand what they're saying i'm like it doesn't matter like just read the subtitles yeah but i think with squid games definitely people opened up to it a lot more yeah any k-dramas you want to talk about in particular well i think quite interestingly talking about like the topic of culture is twenty five twenty one. it's um a show that's based on a fencer and like this relationship she develops with um, a young reporter but interestingly it's actually set up during the um, Korean IMF crisis. So what's that IMF crisis? Well I think it actually really explains like how K-pop came about so like to put it quite shortly I was reading actually an article by the Daily Vox about how the IMF crisis actually caused like the resurgence of K-pop and it was talking about basically the IMF crisis is like this time of like complete economic decline in most South East Asian countries but like particularly South Korea um basically what happened is that the Thai government wanted to put up against the Thai baht to the US dollar in the market and this completely failed um it actually led to the devaluation of the Thai bar and subsequently all the other Southeast Asian currency it completely fell and dropped so yeah so they were all like in economic decline like um Korea was economically bankrupt it was a really hard time um on in Korea most companies didn't have money to pay back banks banks didn't have money to pay back the bigger accounting firms it was all quite a mess really um so they actually borrowed money from IMF which is like this American kind of UN kind of association which is like helping countries so it's like one big loan but obviously they had to pay this loan back um, and they actually surprisingly did it really quickly. They paid back all their debts in five years oh. and two years before expected. No way. And like how they done it was really essentially the K-pop industry. Um, President Kim Dae-young, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but um, invested loads of money into the entertainment industry, K-dramas, K-pop and everything. And this basically helped them come out of their crisis and yeah so that's really kind of how capable for merchants and since then it's just becoming like bigger and bigger and bigger and i think that kind of links back to what we were talking about how um k-pop k-pop like the music industry and their choices in like merchandise and things also adds to it because it kind of makes fans more inclined to collect like albums yeah and things that come yeah in the album their marketing is completely different to the west yeah, like completely different k 
like if you've ever seen like um a k-pop album it's like it's a whole experience there's so isn't much it? more to it than just yeah. the cd like, do you have any um k-pop albums oh, i have loads of k-pop albums personally and um, why like what draws you to buying them well i think it's just like a whole experience like unboxing it is just a whole experience in itself like you it just is like there's a bit element of mystery to mm. it like there's little inserts that are they're called photo cards oh um, right so say you've got a k-pop group it could be any of the any of the members you, it, you don't really know which member it could be so i guess that's also adding to if it's not your favorite member then you can you feel more inclined to go and get another album and see if you can pick your favorite ones it kind of links back to like pokemon go yeah that's literally stuff. what i was gonna like, say and like fifa match tags yeah like Yu-Gi-Oh cards and things yeah. like that it's kind of playing off of that which i think is was quite relevant for people our age and maybe a oh, little yeah. bit older than us oh yeah when we were younger like i used to remember begging my parents to buy me pokemon go cards and fifa match attacks yeah. it, it had us by a grip like yeah. i would spend any ounce of pocket change i had left <laughs> on these little cards that were obviously not really of any value yeah and i'd say that's what is playing off like so it makes people want to buy these albums and it's quite interesting though like i i've never really collected anything so it was quite nice to start a little collection of my k-pop albums and i think it could also like even with western groups as well like i feel like they probably would have something to gain if they did yeah if they did try and try the whole k-pop marketing thing well i think that one thing like really different about the k-pop industry and culture compared to the west is that they're kind of selling a character or a fantasy like all your favorite idols it's kind of like they're putting up a personality it's like they're embodying a character but i guess we don't really have that type of like fantasy with like western artists yeah and i really think that helps like in the whole and this is why people become so committed to the artists yeah. and things like people people make friends like lifelong friends over just sharing the same bias or favorite member in groups and like i think that's also what adds to it being such like a community and like a genuine subculture yeah i agree I think I just think it's really interesting and also like not only like music and like media but like food mm. as well like I feel like I go with my friend we always go to Korean barbecue together yeah. and it's just funny because we'll be eating the food and it's just like oh like this is the food that We've I saw seen in content. Yeah, yeah like oh like it's like I'm in Korea myself like eating it yeah. and it's like really got invested into the food as well yeah yeah, I think it has opened a lot of people's minds to mm. a different culture that we wouldn't usually be exposed to. It's not even in the West. Like, I'm from Egypt, and my dad was telling me the other day that there was this thing, but there was this lady, um, she's an Egyptian woman, and she's actually opened up, like, Korean food-making business. No and it uh, turned out, like, it got so much attention on TikTok about it because, like, I feel like in Egypt and like in cultures like that, they're not like, I wouldn't say that they're not really open to, it's not a diverse country. It's not much cultural like yeah. London, England. So like these little cultures from different countries, like they're quite rare. So it blew up on TikTok and um, it got attention of like 
someone from the Korean embassy. No way. He actually visited Egypt and he visited like her little restaurant oh, and like cool. tried the food and he was like he and he also spoke Korean and Arabic. Um and he was just saying like what you're doing is so great. Like why are you doing this? And she was just like, "Oh, like I'm just bringing something different to Egypt. Like oh, no cool. one really knows about like Korean food and everything." And it was just really cool because at the end he asked to if she had any mashi, which is um a Korean dish. So like even in that, they're just like trading like different types of food. Yeah. It was just bringing people together, which I think is really good. That is really cool. I recently watched a TikTok video. I mean, not that TikTok has much credibility, but obviously people are thinking about it quite a lot. That they think that K-pop, K-media, and like the K industry, they think that it's going to plateau or that it's at a plateau, and that it might not break through um, as much into the West as um, previous. I think that maybe one of the reasons for it is obviously the hiatus of BTS. They were oh, yeah. a main strong driver of really the West. Like in Korea, if you interview like lots of like major groups and solo artists, they will adamantly say that like BTS paved the way for them. Yeah. So I think that they're enlistment um into the military as because in Korea um men over like i think the age of 18 yeah um they have to enlist into the military for two years um so bts are now having to enlist this became like a really big topic of debate didn't it yeah it did because some people thought that they didn't they shouldn't have to go as they contributed so much to like south korean economy economy yeah yeah but loads of korean men in particular who did ha- who had to do service themselves felt as though why should bts be exempt as they are just regular people at the end of the day which i think is an interesting debate yeah well them themselves said that they wanted to do the military service themselves because it is such a big culture thing in Korea to enlist in the military it's just like kind of like a right of way that when you yeah. turn a certain age um that's just what you do you enlist yeah. but even though they did enlist um the oldest member Jin actually enlisted past the required age which I think, I think 28 was the yeah maximum. and he is I think in Korean age 31 mm. um so that was a big thing in itself and that barely ever happened so that really showed like the impact um BTS had on the Korean industry and just like overall so lots of people think that now with BTS being gone that they might plateau that- yeah and I think it's interesting how k-pop artists are like potentially changing normal day-to-day things that all koreans would have to experience yeah bring up new jeans because they're trying to be the next bts potentially new jeans their label their label is called hybe they are under the same company as bts 
they need something new, they need something big, and they think that new jeans will be this new thing. But whether or not they'll outbreak into the Western media yeah. is still yet to be determined. Yeah. I think they have quite a lot of potential. I think they have a lot of potential too, but then I guess it just comes back to it, like, is K-pop popularity plateauing or will new jeans be able to defeat this? Yeah, I mean, they're a massive group. Like, their songs are amazing. Like, I do love new jeans. And they're always trending on yeah all social media platforms and things also they only debuted like not very long ago and they've managed to achieve like an immense amount of success in such a short period of time so it's only given within more time that they could just reach greater success Mm. but yeah that is really yet to be determined well that's all the time we have for today thank you so much for joining me on my first podcast episode Mira. yeah no problem anytime i hope you've enjoyed talking about k-pop oh yeah i have i feel like we've also gotten through quite a lot today yeah i feel like we have too as well and i think we've expressed how vibrant yeah the k-pop subculture is oh yeah definitely thank you for tuning in it's been good it's been absolutely great keeping up with the culture And I hope you feel that too. See you next week. Goodbye.